You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, December 13th. The 49ers are the one seed and looking to keep it that way after their Week 15 clash with the Arizona Cardinals this upcoming Sunday no bird is safe on this uh, bird-killing tour that the 49ers are on right now. Joining me to talk about what we've learned about the 49ers after Week 14's win over the Seahawks, plus the latest disrespect of Brock Purdy, is uh, John Chapman and Wayne Breezy. How you doing, fellas? Hey, hey, hey. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Doing great. Wednesdays are just a blast because this is a little earlier that I usually go live. It's so it's fun to like start the morning off like my coffee is full and I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm a morning guy. That's just what I am. So I'm pumped to be here. And, you know, we got some disrespectful comments. I'm going to kind of get some stuff off my chest today. And I couldn't be here with two better people. So Steph, Wade, always love being with you guys, everybody in the chat. Let's go. Don't hold back today. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're not going to hold back. It's definitely going to be a good show for you guys today. But before we get into those comments, we'll definitely get into that. Um, you know, let's t- let's talk about week 14 really quick. You know, the 49ers sweeped or sweeped, swept the the Seahawks second year in a row that they do that. It feels great. We love to see it. And I just felt like we saw some new things from this 49ers team some yeah I learned some things about them I think after this win and I'm gonna talk about it but I was curious to know what you guys kind of felt if you guys kind of felt the same way and what did you kind of learn about the 49ers in week 14's win I mean I learned that they can be trailing and come back and take a lead and after that it's pretty much a wrap I learned that the defense can close out games again that's always something good to see um I mean I just they just remain balanced uh, and, 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 and they get bruised, but never broken. Right. So like they'll give up something, but they'll get it right back and then they'll find a way to tighten the clamp. So the Niners are just adjusting very well this late in the season, you know, and in, in normal football, if you're first place, you already clinched the, the birth in the playoff spot. You could kind of start resting vets, but the way the new NFL is set up, it can't go down like that. So I hope the Niners continue to continue to clamp down on whoever it is that they have in front of them on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, picking up with what Wade said, the 49ers have been red hot or kind of cold during these, you know, last eight games. Like everything's clicking or they're struggling. This one was a little different. They were able to overcome kind of, you know, humps in the road or whatever you want to call them where it just kind of stalled one thing for the offense but it didn't hurt the defense and they were able to just consistently methodically do what they wanted to do yeah the defense gave up some points and probably one of like the most like duct tape type performances for the defense where they just got the job done wasn't as dominating as perhaps some of the other victories have been but the offense one touchdown a quarter the entire game consistent, methodical, doing what they wanted to do. The turnovers kind of took some points off the board. But when you win a division game by 12 points, that is huge. And now the 49ers have won 11 straight division games. Nobody in the NFL is even perfect this year in the division besides the 49ers. We're the only ones. And we went 6-0 and last year in the uh, during the regular season. So you win your division first. That's every single team's first goal. Niners have accomplished that. Yeah, and definitely for me, one of the bumps in the road, as you kind of alluded to, John, were the injuries, and especially like on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like Eric Armstead not being in this game, you know, other guys needed to step up. Then we saw Greenlaw, you know, miss uh, a series or, or two, and, you know, also they're dealing with other injuries that existed before this game even happened, right? And so I wanted to highlight just the guys that stepped up in this one, because I think that really helped this defense, you know, carry on with their mission here uh, against the Seahawks and be able to come out of the game uh, with a win. The big one for me was Javon Kinlaw. Like, obviously he was the first guy in line to get more opportunity with Eric Armstead being out and coming off of a great game against Philadelphia, maybe his 
the best game of his career. He followed that up with another uh, solid game against the Seahawks. Four pressures, one sack, three hurries, two stops. And then I also got to give props to Diamandor Lenore because Mooney Ward exited the game in the first defensive series, right? So he was obviously big in week 12 and in stopping DK Metcalf. Well, okay, Lenore, you're you're up next for DK Metcalf. Like, that's on you now. And he turned in a great performance. He was targeted five times but only allowed 10 yards, two pass breakups, two forcing completions, and he was the highest uh, coverage grade uh, from the 49ers team, according to PFF. And then finally, like – Jair Brown, I got to give him his props because I felt like he's he's been good these last few weeks, right? Like filling in for Teleno Funga again. That's that's an injury that's been out there. That's been a thing for the last few weeks, right? Jair Brown's been playing uh, at safety, but for me, this was one game where he really stood out and he really stepped up and is showing me that he's just going to continue to improve every single week. He was around the ball multiple times. I know he had that one interception, but there was a lot of times where he was just there. Like even in the the first uh, downfield attempt to DK Metcalf, the one I think that's where Mooney Ward got hurt. Um, Jair Brown was there too, and he he was kind of in position to make a play on that ball as well had Mooney Ward not been there as well. So Brown is just like he, he's he got a good feel for where the ball is going to be. He's shown great athleticism going downhill, a lot of versatility as well, and he was a 49ers highest-graded defender uh, coming out of that game against the Seahawks. So these are all guys that have stepped up like in, in big ways and – there, there's other guys too, right? Like I mentioned, you know, Greenlaw being now, and we didn't even really notice because the defense still did their thing. They were still able to get off of the field. Wayne, you're, you know, you're, you're a little skeptical there. What would you think? Now nah, we, we noticed when Greenlaw was off the field, <laughs> the, the moment he got injured on that play where it should have been a, a tackle for no gain. And Kenneth Walker, the third gets like 20 something yards out of it. Like, the yeah, moment was... he got injured, he went down. Next couple of plays, it was a touchdown right down the middle to Kobe Parkinson. And I'm looking out there, and I'm like, oops, D. Winters on the field. It's DFF on the field. Trey Greenlaw is not on the field. That's when I noticed. But I understand what you mean. I wasn't trying to push back. But no, I, no, noticed, no. I noticed on that play, like at least that play, that series. Yeah, no, I mean, the, those are all fair. I think, like, the the point is that, the the problems that maybe showed themselves in in you know the losses we we haven't really seen that we haven't seen like the defense revert to like their old ways and that's tough when when you have guys coming in and Isaiah Oliver you know had to come in at nickel and I didn't see anything that impacted the outcome of the game for the yeah. defense like they still held their own. They still did what they always do. Um, and credit to Steve Wilkes, man, for for having those guys prepared. And I, that's something I learned about this team. The next man up, I think, I you know, <laughs> D. Winters maybe wasn't ready for that. And, you know, they've had a lot of injuries at the linebacker spot. Um, so I do wonder if, if they'll uh, look into that, you know, maybe sign someone to the practice squad this week. But um, yeah, I mean, just aside from that, I, I felt like they they showed they can overcome a, a lot of injuries. Like if you, if you were going into this game and you think they're going to not have Eric Armstead and they're not going to have Mooney Ward, I would not feel confident. Like I didn't feel great when, when Mooney Ward went out of the game. But, you know, the 49ers prevailed. So. Yeah, and like you said, they found a way to step up. Like the depth found a way to make their mark uh, on the football field. And and shout out to the ones that you highlighted. And then talk about the rookie Jair Brown just to cap yeah. off. I mean, that's what he does. He <laughs> he's a lurker. He can play free safety. He's a ball hawk. All those names, you know. And he's a big hitter with tackles for loss. I think the only area where he's struggling is his depth and 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 how to play between free safety and strong safety. 
safety. And I think being a rookie, that's the only thing that's hindering him because he just wasn't getting the reps. And so, like, uh, you hope next season, if Tashawn Gibson is not going to resign or he retires or however it works out, this is why they drafted Jair Brown. Um, you know, they traded up. They got in that third round. It was like, listen, let's get this kid. We could bring him in here. He clearly has the skill set. He has the mental to play football for the San Francisco 49ers. But once he gets those reps and gains that concept on depth, he's going to be just fine. And you got Steve Wilkes working with him. And, and and I think that's the key to this young secondary. And and that, to me, was the key to this game. Like, the secondary actually stepped up, uh, and they're all young guys. Yeah, and, you know, again, the last two years, the last two drafts, the 49ers traded up for one player, Jair Brown. And so that tells you. Right there, who they love. A mosquito killer, what's up, Shotty? Says, Jair Brown playing better than Huff this season. I wouldn't go that far. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But the good games, yes. This game, if you look at just Jair Brown versus the Seahawks this game and the last Seahawks game, I agree with that sentiment. He's because a Seahawks killer, yeah. He, yeah, it, it's a perfect pairing. And he. now you go watch last week. <laughs> Ugh, that that was not Huff standards, right? So, but this is what happens with rookies, and this is why Shanahan believes in the red shirt program, where we're going to sit our rookies, no matter how good they are, no matter how much we love them, and that injuries will be the opportunity that they get to step in. We don't plan for those things, but it was the same with Elijah Mitchell. It was the same for Drake Jackson. It was the same. It was the same. Is the same. Their playbook is out there, and the future is beyond bright, especially at this safety position. Because Jair Brown, that thing is freaking straight. You know, his stock is pointing up. Now you're going to pair him with Huff. On top of that, the 49ers have 11 draft picks next year. And I know we don't want to get too much into the future here. But they're the best team arguably right now in football, no matter who you are. They're destroying the other quote-unquote blue-chip teams out there. Things are pointing up. And for the defense, I called it a duct tape game. Because the injury stepped up, and yeah, Kinlaw, somebody everybody wanted gone. So many people were trying to get this dude out of the building. This guy is turning into a focal point. Kevin Givens, who's like the fifth string defensive tackle, he played arguably as good as anybody on defense this week. So you've got to be able to keep that mentality. Hey, who's up this week? Who is it? Uh, Charlie Warner, another guy that you could throw out there for offense. Like there's just guys that continue to bolster this team and provide quality, quality reps and snap counts, regardless of the situation they're in. The 49ers are, they're building a juggernaut to where they're not so dependent upon their stars as much. Yeah. You got to have the studs, but if they miss time, like Charvarius Ward, like Eric Armstead, like Javon Hargrave, we're not skipping a beat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the strength. That's a strength, especially, you know, this late in the season when the wear and tear does catch up. You know, there are going to be some injuries. There are quite a few to track uh, this week. But, you know, it's good to know the 49ers are going to have guys who can step up and, you know, shout out Steve Wilkes. Um, Shout out Bobo for the uh, Super Chat. He says, I'd rather win the Super Bowl than a Purdy MVP for sure. I definitely agree with that, Bobo. I think we all... Uh, would would agree with that but with that like let's shift the conversation to the offense here because you know they're dealing with some injuries too uh John Feliciano filled in for Spencer Burford again remember in week 12 he gave up four pressures four hurries and he also had a penalty Uh, but that was his first start on the right side so we chalked it up as you know maybe he's not as used to the right side he'll get comfortable with it well in week 14 he started at right guard again filling in for Burford and this time he gave up two pressures, two hurries, a penalty. So I kind of sense some improvements there for Feliciano. It's not like, you know, a clean sheet or anything, but I think it's, it's still a good sign. And Kyle did say that Spencer Burford is expected back this week. So we'll see what the plan is going forward with right guard, but I kind of get the feeling that Feliciano has maybe earned himself some more opportunities. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised now in the last four games of the season if you start to see that rotation that we saw last year with Spencer Burford, especially since he's coming off off of another injury and he continues to find ways to get re-injured. I don't know if it's the same injury. And so, look, why not give him half the snaps, 
give Feliciano half the snaps. We did it last year with Daniel Brunskill. It worked out in the 49ers' favor. It was better having two healthy guys at that position than having one unhealthy guy and one guy that was healthy. So it, it kind of makes sense to have them both healthy. So just I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if Feliciano ends up being the starter this week uh, due to the progression that you just saw in this past game against the Seattle Seahawks. But let me just make this clear. The whole offensive line is never going to play a perfect game. I don't care if it's Trent Williams down to the down to the the the, the, the Colton McKivitts. Like they, it, it, they're just they're not built to be perfect but they're built to work if that makes any sense and so the key is to limit those penalties and find a way to continue to help your guys get explosive plays like we're watching right here yeah i think yeah i'm, I'm gonna probably say something that most people might not like feliciano was great yeah he was by far the best interior offensive lineman of this game <clears throat> i felt this was aaron banks worst game of his entire career um, his entire career. I, I going through the tape, this was Banks' best play because he also blocked two guys on that 70 yard open run. Uh, you had Feliciano get two guys, you had Banks get two guys. I thought Aaron Banks was terrible. I love Aaron Banks, I was pushing for him to be in the Pro Bowl through the first half of the season. He has not come back to what he was, and I think he might have come back early. So I don't know what the issue is with Burford as far as like how his availability is going to be. Today's Wednesday, so we're going to get that practice report. Man, I'm sorry. Right now, if Burford could come back, personally, I I'm fine rotating Feliciano with Banks because he's put up just six quarters of just abysmal play. I mean, it's been bad, bad. Now, we know Banks can be good. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he's just toughing it out for the team, which I know he's a team guy. I'm not trying to take away from – what that is, but I'm telling you right now, the play that Banks is putting on tape through the past six quarters, it's it's really, really bad. So this is something I'm concerned about. Now, the good news is you're playing the Cardinals this week, probably one of the worst defensive lines in the NFL, um, but Banks can't play like this in the playoffs. So yeah. I know everybody's been tough on Burford, and probably rightfully so. And I think Feliciano has put together the best tape out of all three of them consistently, despite switching sides. But I don't know. Right now, if I had my way, it would be Burford and Feliciano at my guard spots until Banks is 100% healthy. Because when he's healthy, that's fine. But something's not right right now. Yeah, that that's interesting. And, I mean, we did see Feliciano do a better job at – at that left side. I mean, of course, it helps having Trent Williams next to you. Uh, but the 49ers have options, and and I think uh that's something good. It's good to have options going into the playoffs, and it seems like the 49ers are willing to explore their options right now. And I like that because mm -hmm. you know, we've seen Debo Samuel these last few weeks returning kickoffs with Ray Ray McLeod out. And you know, by the way, Ray Ray McLeod was placed on injured reserve this past week. So it's gonna be at least four more weeks until McLeod is back as a team's return man. So Kyle Shanahan was asked uh, yesterday, Tuesday, if uh, Debo will continue to get kickoff duty. And uh, here's what he had to say, quote, most likely that wasn't just a decision with Ray Ray being out. It was also a decision we were thinking about going to regardless. Nothing against Ray Ray or anyone. It was just more ways to get a special player like Debo the ball in his hand. We've got to take that risk reward every week. We've decided to do it the last two weeks, and we'll come up with that decision each week here going forward, end quote. So kind of similar to Feliciano, the same thing they said, like, hey, we're, we're actually thinking of giving Feliciano some snaps. Uh, before he got that opportunity due to injury, now saying the same thing about Debo Samuel and getting that opportunity as a return man. Um, but I'm curious. I have my thoughts, of course. I know a lot of people have thoughts on it as well. And those in the comments, please chime in on what you guys think. Are you a fan of Debo Samuel returning kicks or not? <laughs> Look at Wayne's face. <laughs> Ah, man, it's that stupid risk reward thing, right? Like, like Debo is explosive enough if he can, if the blocking is good and he can just make that one guy miss. Yeah. But then if the blocking isn't great and he can't make the one guy miss, I, he, he was, he was, he was really good to me the game before this game. He was good in the Eagles game. And then in this game, he was getting cracked. And I was just like, ugh. So I'm worried about the injury 
If we could put some money, anybody else back there, I'm cool. I, but I understand the, the the reward. You know what I'm saying? But then the risk is Debo's having an explosive year, you know, and, and, and you don't want to take away from that. So I, I why just put the goddamn rookie back there and let him return the kicks. It, what, he damn again to the 15 to the 20 anyway. So just let let the other guy do it and and, and reserve Debo. I'm sorry. I it's how I feel. I, I, I kind of agree with Wayne, and I'm sorry. I love Kyle Shanahan so much. I'm so thankful he's our coach. I'm calling BS on this quote. 100%. Not that he didn't say it. I'm telling you right now, that's a freaking lie. Whenever they announced that Ray Ray was out, he said in his press conference, he's like, man, he's like, I went to talk to Debo about the, you know, what would happen. He's like, oh, him and Snyder are already talking about it without me knowing. And now he's sitting there saying, oh, yeah, we were planning to do this beforehand anyway. Like, all right, hold on. We? I don't know. Maybe Snyder and Debo were, but I don't think so. And he said the same thing with Feliciano. I didn't think so then either. I love Shanahan. I just think this is a little bit of like whatever. But I don't know, man. If I had it my way, I would put Ronnie Bell back there. I would fair catch every single damn kickoff there is and just start at the 25 and be done with it. Our special teams is trash. It has been trash. Stay the hell away. Special, just fair catch it. You start at the 25 every single time. Can I just done. add that they tried Brandon Ayuk? Dang, work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they did do that. And so, nah. I like the energy. I do oh, like th- the energy is awesome. In the stadium? Because you know that if he if he makes just that one guy, he has the ability to make one person miss bad. He break Debo's a, a no, tackle Debo's breaker. Did it last week. That's he what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm saying. But he ain't do it this week. It was no almost this week. They were there so quick. I was like, damn, he got cracked. You know, but he got yeah. up and still had an explosive game. Yeah, EFF struggled, man. He got him popped hardcore. And I'll say this, like, trusting the rook, like, you can trust yeah. a rookie on kickoff return. I could field kickoffs. That's easy. Fielding punts, that's, that's out- tough. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is geometry. what Ronnie Bell's doing totally anyway. Different. Ronnie right. Bell is doing the punts and, already. And the way that they're testing Ronnie Bell, even in the punt return game, Gosh. all his balls, Pauls, are going to the, <laughs> to the side of the field. So it's like he got to go track it. It's not like it's just in the air. He waiting down. He could fair catch it. No, he has to make the decision. Is it going out of bounds? Is it not going out of bounds? Do I feel this? Do I not feel this? Do I let it go over my head? Like, that's tougher. Yeah, let I the mother like freaking get the ball in the end zone and yep. take it down. Hit a knee, wave a fair catch. There's a new rule for a reason, Kyle. I don't know. Nobody's doing that. I don't understand why nobody's doing that. I don't know. Call a fair catch. You can do it. You can do it. It's a rule. Well, because, you know, everyone everyone wants to do something. And and I feel like, you know, punt return, especially when you're like a rookie, that's that's your time to shine and, and show what you can do, you know? No. We don't shine on that. We're terrible on that. Put Mitch Wisnowski yeah, back there. That dude hit 20 miles an hour. Eight, I want to see eight, that dude returning kicks. Man. Now that was surprising. <laughs> that, yeah, that was a that was a great play. But you know, that there might be something here. Yeah, Dubster saying like how doesn't trust the rook. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, they they trust him enough for him to be out there on on punt return duty. Last week he did have one that he fumbled, it went out of bounds, didn't matter. But, My heart you know, stopped. Those, My heart stopped. Yeah, like those are the things you don't want to see, right? So, look, I I like it for selfish reasons. <laughs> like I like Devo returning yeah. the, the kicks for selfish reasons because I do like the energy. I do think he has the potential to make an explosive play happen there he can take it to the house. Like if, if there's anyone on this team who could do it, I like I'd put my trust in Debo to be able able to be that guy i liked it for the eagles game because it's like you know against the eagles maybe you felt like you kind of needed that oomph you know playoffs yes must win game yes cardinals plus 13 and a half point favorites they got three wins no exactly i didn't even think it was necessary against the seahawks either so while i like it i think the 49ers could be smarter with when they decide to do it and i mean kyle said like well We'll look at it on a week-to-week basis. You know, that being said, do they trust Ronnie Bell or someone else to, you know, take that on instead of Debo? That's the question. Now, mm-hmm. if they do, then, yeah, let's let's save Debo. for the, See, for the Ravens game, you know, that 
on Christmas, I'd I'd be down to to see Debo. No there. problems, no um, problems. Unwrap that present. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right now, you got to keep it under the tree. You can't look at your gifts yet. You got to wait. It's yeah. not. I like yet. that. I like that analogy. Wayne still says no. <laughs> nah. I mean, because it's the Ravens. I mean, if, if you lose to the Ravens, you lose to the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Like, but but still, like, eh. I just X nay on that. I, I I think I think at this point we don't need a big play on special teams. I know we get it in Madden, but we don't need it in real life. <laughs> I haven't seen one ever. So ever. like at this ever like said this <laughs> Richie Richie James eighteen years ago. Like like at the end of the day, like. Our special teams is our special teams. I I don't expect it. If it happens, it happens. That's but so bad. Let it happen with these. Yo, we're, go find Deshaun Jameson. He's got to be free somewhere. I would rather it be him. He's got the speed, and and that's what he does. We don't have any returners on our team. Believe it or not, we have wide receivers. We have cornerbacks, and that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Alex says he yeah. wants a special teams touchdown. Oh, man. Well, we I would all. love for one. It's only been like 14 Don't Christmases. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a while. Uh, Richie James was the last one to do it. And before that, it was Ted Ginn. Uh, Junior. So exactly. It's been a minute. And a so, minute, minute. Look, minute. I understand wanting a big play. I get what you guys are saying, where it's like, you know, you've gone this long without – a, you know, special teams touchdown, like they don't need it. Right. We, we just need someone who can get us a fair catch it. If you want, you know, wherever the offense could move the ball, just fine. It's okay. But what you don't want is someone who is going to be at risk of fumbling uh, and things like that, which I don't know if that's what the 49ers are worried about again, like with Ronnie Bell or but you or let him return punts. Game. So make it make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is mean, worse. He Puns was are, bad at kickoff returns, though. Like he, he was bad at, in college too. But like his my, speed is—that's where it shows up, or his lack of speed. We're right? not even asking him to return yeah, it. We're asking right. him to go. I, I'd hire you, Wayne. I'd hire you right now, <laughs> special teams coordinator. You would have one job. Listen, the ball can come to you if it's in the end zone. Let go over your head. If you catch it, take the knee. If it's out of the end zone, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. The, one responsibility. Yeah, and- Danny Gray still on the IR, guys. Yeah, Mike Glasgow. Where's either. Danny Gray? Yeah, no. I think. Poor Danny. I think he's. Yeah. Well, I, I this is another Danny, thing that Shanahan good. does with the roster because if Danny Gray sits all year on the IR, which he did get injured right before the thing, he had a great training camp. He was doing really, really well. He was meshing with all the quarterbacks, return game. He was back to returning punts and kickoffs, all those things. But if you let him stay on the IR now, his contract tolls. And so you'll get him for a whole nother year on his rookie contract, just giving another opportunity. Same thing we did to Juwan Jennings, his rookie year. Same thing we did to Kalia Davis last year. So this is one of those Shanahan things. Now, he got injured right before the season, and Ronnie Bell took the opportunity and ran with it. Now you promoted Chris Conley there, too. And guess what? Danny Gray, who did he back up? He wasn't playing all the wide receiver positions. He backed up Ayuk. Who's the backup to Ayuk now? Freaking Ronnie rookie Bell. Ronnie Bell. There ain't no way he's playing better than Ronnie Bell as a wide receiver. So you don't take him off IR and use a roster spot when you got injuries just for a returner. So I don't think Danny Gray's going to be activated. But the good news about this is we now get him for an extra year. So next year, if he can come out and build on what he did last year, that's beneficial for him. Yeah, he doesn't get the accrued season this year, right? That's right. Yeah, so that that's interesting, right? Because for a while now, this season, I'd been thinking like, Danny Gray's fallen out of favor because they drafted him for Trey Lance and what you thought Trey Lance was going to be, which would, you know, be this guy with better arm strength and all that. But we're seeing uh, we're seeing some new wrinkles out of Brock Purdy's game lately. And uh, that could be interesting next year. Ooh, uh, Brock I think Purdy with Danny Gray. I mean, new we could have even more new wrinkles on this offense. But speaking of that new wrinkle, uh, you know, Brock Purdy joined – KMBR yesterday and was asked if you know he's always had this ability of throwing the deep ball or if it's something new and here's what he had to say honestly I would say it's more a little new just with my game you know I've always been known for you know the quick game the intermediate and then every once in a while push it downfield but it's not you know 
like what I'm doing now, I'd say. Um, and I feel like that's a testament to obviously Kyle, his play calls and sort of just his coaching, you know, the last year or so of me just learning the system and being ready to take those shots, take the opportunities to go deep. And then obviously have the guys to do it with, you know, Ayuk and Debo and all of our guys. So um, I feel like it's somewhat of a new part of my game, honestly. Yes. So, I mean, I think we've all noticed. <laughs> we've definitely all noticed. And it is not just the him throwing the ball deep. It's I think the accuracy has improved like from with each week. Right. And I think uh, now we saw this past week him going over the top of defenders. Right. He, he was throwing guys open the throws that are uh, available to him are growing it seems he can throw the middle of the field like that's always been part of his game 49ers are used to seeing that big whoop okay well Brock can also throw over linebackers layer throws he can throw outside the numbers he can throw with anticipation he could throw you in stride he could throw back shoulder and now now you mean to tell me he could throw it over corners and safeties heads too what throw can't he make now like what what is his weakness and by the way Brock Purdy also said on KMBR that his arm feels stronger now you know six you know how long has it been since uh he's had that surgery like now several months removed from the surgery Nick Mullins told him that he was gonna he was gonna fit 10 months so Nick Mullins told him it would feel stronger like months after the surgery and he feels like he's at that point now and you're seeing it with these like deep ball throws now what we hadn't seen so is there any weakness to Brock Purdy's game right now uh I I mean I don't know because we haven't really seen much of a weakness other than the fact I still think if if there was one thing I would like for Brock Purdy to try to work on it would just be his pocket awareness like he has to be able to feel the pocket closing down on him so he can make that quick decision just a little bit quicker than what he's making it there were a couple of sacks that he ended up taking um and they were on obviously on the offensive line for I mean Colt McKivis gave up the first one Jake Brendel gave up the second one there's nothing he could have did about that one that one was in his face but the first one from Colt McKivis it it was like dude if you just took that step up you had if you watch the film I mean it was heaven yeah. it was him and a linebacker and it felt like he thought of running it but he really wanted to make the throw which you know I'm mad but there's the pressure and if he can't feel it He's not going to step up. So maybe he needs to, if he could just work on that pocket awareness, like you got to be able to feel the cave, you know, concaving on you, closing in on you quicker. Uh, But he's been doing a lot better this year with that. So I don't want to say that that's his weakness. He just has to continue to get stronger at it. But the one thing that you didn't mention about Brock Purdy, you talked about the strength of his arm. Let's talk about the strength of his mind. Let's talk about him being able to read the defense. Let's talk about him being able to fool the safety. Let's talk about him able to be to move the safety let's talk about him having confidence because his receivers are great let's talk like, there's just so much to the reason why brock is playing brock football and honestly if brock didn't have these type of abilities we wouldn't be seeing the explosive debo samuel we wouldn't be seeing the explosive brandon Ayuk. you they ran the same damn play steph and john three times and I they were it. all explosive plays <laughs> kittle was the 44 yard touchdown same damn play julian love debo Debo Samuel, same damn play. Jamal Adams, notice it's the safeties. They are taking it. Brock is brocking right now. I don't know if he's weak other than the pocket closing on him a little bit faster than what he thinks. He's got he's to gotta make that mental adjustment. He'll be good to go. Man, I, I think we're seeing something new from Brock. And I know we've only seen him for, what, 17, 18 games now. Brock Purdy completed zero passes over the middle of the field between 10 to 20 yards. That's his sweet spot. That's the Shanahan sweet spot. Zero against the Seahawks. And a lot of that has to do with, okay, when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, what did everybody have to take away? The running game. You stack the box. You force Jimmy G to throw. He's going to struggle. Well, Brock Purdy's been hitting everything over the middle of the field. So we're talking back-to-back weeks. Everybody sitting everybody to the middle and buzzing their safeties down to that hook-to-curl zone. And Brock just says, that's cool. I'll just dice you up outside the numbers 20 yards deep down the field. It, it doesn't really matter because of how quick he gets through his reads. Wayne just freaking, that was awesome. Everything that he just said, that, I, like I wouldn't even pay attention to what I was going to say. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, he's not wrong. Brock Purdy is just doing things right now 
that are stupid for a 23-year-old quarterback. It's dumb. And, you know, you heard the clip that you played, the audio clip. Matt Campbell at Iowa State, it's the most boring damn offense I've ever seen in the world. In the Big 12, Iowa State literally is trying to play Big 10 football continuously, and it's just boring. It's boring. And so now he's starting to get the opportunity to open up and actually go deep. Pair that with Ayuk, pair that with Kittle, and now Debo going deep? Good Lord. Like, everything's just coming together. If you're trying to game plan to stop Brock Purdy in this 49ers offense, I don't know what the hell to tell you. Because every single wrinkle the defense throws at him, he just does his all shuck shoulder shrug and just walks back to the sidelines after freaking throwing a perfect touchdown. And it's just the kid's unrattleable, if that's a word. And so it is now. There we go. <laughs> I, I just need more it syllables. It sounded right. That. It sounded right, John, when you said it. So I'm not going to question. Texas. <laughs> but you know, I I think all of those things are true, and we're we're seeing, or we've already been seeing, Cal trust the hell out of Brock Purdy, and Purdy's delivering because he can process things really quickly. Like, yeah, Brock talked about the fact that like why he decided to throw that ball to Debo anyway, because he saw where Jamal Adams went, you know, and he, he knew he was going to have that. And so that's the, the mental part of his game, the, the smarts, the way he processes. And real and quick, hold on. Seen. You think he saw Jamal Adams flex on Debo the play before? Because I, I don't know I, if y'all I, saw that. Like I, that. I think so. Jamal I, I, Adams flexed on Debo the play before they got I, burnt over the top. Yo, and, and and what he what he said was he saw Jamal Adams' feet. So my thing was this: Flatfoot Reed. How the why the f- you looking at the feet? Like your head's <laughs> supposed to be up. Like how like if you saw his feet, but hey, he came forward. He saw the feet, and he threw. And Debo just Debo's. I've been telling people Debo could run routes. Debo could get down. No one will believe me, but I've been saying that that's what Debo could do. He just hasn't been asked to do it. They found a matchup. They had a quarterback to do it with them. And they had the boom. There, there it is. There it is. And and now and now what you're seeing is the the inevitable from Kyle Shanahan because even mm-hmm. in that game, I'm like, damn it, it's not enough for me. It wasn't I felt like we could have beat them like 53 to nothing. If we just continue to execute, if we continue to keep the foot on the gas, if we stop doing stupid penalties and getting off the field on third down and fourth down and not getting false starts and holds on first down, like it's those little wrinkles, I swear. But the Niners still found a way to overcome it and they still found a way to sweep the Seahawks. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys heard or, or saw Debo saying after the game that he wasn't going 100%, you know, when that play first started, but then Listen. he noticed. Oh, he um, had to kick the gas on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he you don't have to go full speed against to throw and he's small like, Adams. Oh, damn. Listen. Well, I what, what I want to say is that I just wonder if, if we see more effort out of Debo because like, that's kind of been a criticism of Debo. Like he doesn't go 100% on every play, but now you have a quarterback who can like throw it to you, no matter where you are on the field. He's and even if you are the third, fourth option in the progression, you can still get the ball. That didn't used to be the case. So I Mm -hmm. like, I wonder if that's what, Mm -hmm. just what they were used to. So they didn't even bother sometimes, but now Debo. that's That's a good point, Steph. That's a great point because now like, you don't know when you're going to get the ball. Like there's four options every single play. And so you just got to be ready like when it's coming to you. So you got to be ready at all points. But as far as Debo taking off plays and being lackadaisical, I mean, listen, he used to play in an offense where the quarterback could have got him killed. Like, let's just keep it a buck. Like, I, like that's that's what was happening. I watched George Kittle miss seasons. I watched Debo get injured. Like, it was just bad throws. Now he has a quarterback that's highly accurate. He has a quarterback that's able they, – they, they have a synergy. They have a connection. And so possibly Debo's life is back. Plus, no one's talking about the incentives he's playing built into his contract this year because I think he's trying to earn a couple of extra bucks. But he's doing it very well. And I, I think you got to give Debo his flowers because I know a lot of people were – we paid him a lot of money and he's not performing – well, he's healthy now, and that's the key. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, again, this was the highest run-blocking grade that Debo has had in five seasons. 
Like he was out there going all out. And Debo's just super Saiyan mode right now. It's just different where where he is. But and a lot of it too, you know, people talk about like, oh, the effort and whatever else. But a lot of that is just their clear out routes and the Shanahan passing tree. This is the same to true with dad. There's clear out routes. Whenever you run dagger or dig concepts, whatever, you have a clear out route where a guy doesn't even look at the quarterback. You literally just run straight up the seam and you've got to pull the safety and the outside corner and then the in breaking route or out breaking route underneath you. Like it's so like if you just look at what what players doing there, you're like, oh, he's not going all out. But you also notice you don't even look at the damn quarterback. It's called a clear out route. And Shanahan uses them more than almost anybody. So film all 22 is great, but it's kind of weird because if you don't understand what the play is trying to do and you just isolate one player like, oh, so and so is wide open. But you don't recognize that the quarterback's reading right side of the field only and that's backside, whatever. So like people could get in trouble with that sometimes. But Debo's effort, you can't question that. He's he's vying to be on special teams. He's fighting for it. He's fighting to be in the backfield. That's he don't true. give a damn. That's so, true. like, somebody that questions Debo effort, I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is, no. No, 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 no. No. He's a beast, man. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it's nice to see, you know, guys guys getting the ball and, and definitely downfield. But that leads me. Uh, to the latest disrespect of Brock Purdy, and it came from oh. for, former. Uh, this is drum on, major, I right? I wanted this to get a drum this, major. Uh, Are you showing the video? I'm about to show the video. <laughs> it disappeared for a second as I as I was gonna say this, but you know, Cam Newton, former uh, former Panthers quarterback, was on a podcast, and he had some things to say about uh, Brock. For some, oh, here we go. It disappeared, but I have. That's the way it goes, man. Every time technology is that Murphy's Law. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, here so, we go. Let me see. Uh, oh Lord. Like, but Brock, let's—they're not winning because of him. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing the game. And if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff. And really, Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, listen, motherfucker, I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. On that final point. A game manager is different than a game changer. I understand that. But I also feel like there's there's got to be some nuance there. There's got to be a gray area where there's other quarterbacks who fit in. And I think Brock Purdy is probably in that category. I don't see Brock Purdy as a game manager. I don't see him as being someone who is being asked to not lose the game. Like I, At no point in watching Brock Purdy play am I hoping he's not going to lose the game. Because I've watched enough Brock Purdy to know, like, that's just not we we know what that looks like. That's not this. That's not this. And and we've seen, yeah, the 49ers are the least in like pass attempts, but we've also seen situationally Kyle Shanahan and the trust that he has in Brock, the play calling is different. We're seeing some, I don't know, just just some of the plays we're seeing we would have never seen in this offense before. That's directly uh, because of Brock Purdy. That is more than managing the game. And so this this is crazy to me. And I know that, you know, Cam played the game when he was good, when he was at his peak. He was a game changer. All right. Like, I'll give him that. There's a lot of guys who you could put in that category. I, I don't think I'd put Brock in the game changer category, but he's definitely not in the game manager category. That's all I want to say. First of all, oh, uh oh, Cam Newton was a game changer because the the mother because the, the, the guy was two hundred and ninety five pounds, six seven, and can run over people. He was bigger than running backs. Let's just keep it a buck. He was a game changer because he did that. Because Ron Rivera said, "F my offense. I'm gonna build this around the Auburn offense and let you be you." That's I, the I, system I, quarterback, what you just described, by the way. I, all I'm trying to say is 
like for him, first of all, he came out on that podcast about a couple of weeks ago and talked a, a little different about allowing quarterbacks to be themselves. Brock Purdy comes in here, and for the first time, Shanahan is allowing his quarterback to be himself. Now, Cam just proved to me that he doesn't watch 49ers football. Like, he's just like everybody else. They look at statistics, and what's that stat you said, Steph, before you started saying uh, your your take? You said that they had the least uh, pass attempts or something like that? Yeah. 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 that's they, They don't need to pass the ball because they can run it down your throat. And when they do pass the ball, it's highly effective. And how is it that Brock Purdy has 23 touchdowns, the, what, the second most yards in the league? I don't have the stuff right in front of me as a passing quarterback. And they have the least attempts. Make that make sense, Cam freaking Newton. And here's the thing. I used to like Cam Newton. I liked him when he played football. I don't like him when he talks. You can take that however you want it. But at the end of the day, Cam, if you're on drugs, you got to stay off the drugs, dog. Or you could just come on this show and we can watch 49er football together. Because you was that dude. You was good. You were that dude. You were a game changer. But how? I, you know what? I don't know what would make Brock a game changer, but he doesn't have to change the games when he's motherfucking dominating the games. Leave it at that. Oh, that's I, it. That's my only I, F-bomb for the for the rest of the day. <laughs> it was warranted. And, yeah, I'm going to give a nuanced take on this as well. Like, there's Cam Newton, the player, who you could argue his MVP year was incredible. He had one of the worst supporting cast ever. But that's the thing. You asked a question earlier. Somebody put a thing in. I would rather win a Super Bowl than have Brock win MVP. Cam Newton would disagree with that. Cam Newton would rather win MVP than win a Super Bowl. And that's, that's the who difference. he was. And again, I don't understand why anybody cares what Cam Newton says outside of, you know, when he's not on the field. I don't know if y'all remember the comment where he told like girls they need to shut up and cook and they need to keep quiet and clean. Like that's who this guy is. So I don't really give a damn what this drum major dressing looking like dude says off the field because I think he's hopefully he's grown, but I don't want to hear this dude talk. And on top of that, too. You look at, like, what did he do? He even threw in Dak Prescott, right? Guess who took his Oikos freaking sponsorship uh, after he was saying all that stuff? He's Dak salty, Prescott. dog. He's, He's salty. salty. That's what He's that salty is. yogurt. That's what he is. So I don't give a damn what he says off the field. Again, MVP, you can't take that away from him. Yes, he was a dynamic player. Awesome. The dude's a POS, man. He's a piece of crap. And and I don't I don't give a damn what he says. And you look at Brock. I'm so thankful that Brock's not like him. So whenever he said these guys aren't that, I was this. You're right. And I'm glad we don't have that because it's about the team. And every single time, like people put this narrative out there about Brock, check down, check down, check down. And then you go into a press conference, and Brock Purdy will talk longer about a check down than he will a deep throw. You'll ask him about a deep pass, and he'll be like, "Yeah, Debo ran a great route." And they'll be like, oh, walk us through this. And he'll talk for five minutes about a check down because it's not about him. It's not about him. Everything's about Cam. And I'm thankful that dude's not on this team. We ain't got nothing to do with guys like that because that doesn't belong here. Brock belongs here. Brock was asked about this whole MVP conversation and all that. And what did he do? He talked about his teammates. Like, perfect perfect example right there because Brock's a, a very, very humble guy. Um, but yeah, like there's just, there's so much wrong with what people are saying and they're telling on themselves truly. Like I, so many people are telling on themselves and what they're telling me is they don't watch 49er games, right Wayne? Like that's, they just don't, it, they, there's no way that they can. There's no way. And there's make those no statements way. unless he's being paid to say dumb shit. Like, that's that's it. That's the only way I can even accept that making sense. Because even, even and I'm, you know I hate the Cowboys, right? You know I, like, there's nothing about the Cowboys that I like other than Trey Lance being on the team, but he's never going to get an opportunity. But here's the thing. Like, you can't say that Dak is a game manager. Every year this dude throw over 4,000 yards. How is that game managing? Like, like, that doesn't even make sense. And I don't like him. So, yeah. so like, so, so... And Tua, Tua was starting the year off as the MVP favorite all year long and, and still is an MVP candidate. So how is he a game manager? Yeah, it's, 
It's crazy. Well, I, I mean, two will look a little different without uh, Tyreek Hill, but uh, and, Brock, another, and, and, and to be fair, conversation. and to be fair, right, that happens because Brock Purdy looked a little different without Debo Samuel. So let's just be fair. That's just that's just being fair. If you're missing that explosiveness, it's going to be different. It's going to it's going to look a little different. You got to figure out other ways to find that explosiveness. And and that's what happens when you lose your most explosive player cuz that's what Debo is. Mm-hmm. I just heard I heard Shady McCoy speak on speak and for the first time he opened his mouth. He's another guy that probably shouldn't open his mouth. The fir- for the first time, he said something. Something I don't even say it was nice, but he said something about Debo being the, the the best football NFL player he's ever seen with the ball in his hand. That coming from McCoy, that's huge because I watched Shady McCoy do some stuff with the football in his hand, and he was saying like from a from a, from a wide receiving position. That's what he made that disclaimer, and he stood on it. Because when Debo gets the ball, there's a there's a possibility of a one yard catch going 99 yards every single time. Not just because he's fast. The, the play, the the best play in this game that we just watched wasn't the 54 yard touchdown because he burnt Jamal Adams. It was the it was the catch where he almost scored and got the rushing touchdown right after. It was catch it. Get off me, and I'm going to the end zone with three people on my back. That was his best play because he still almost got in if his knee didn't touch down. And if he would have caught that, he would have had another, you know, he wouldn't have broke the record for most, well, 19 rushing touchdowns. So I'm glad he didn't get in. But I'm just saying, like, every, for, for quarterbacks to not have their most explosive player, it's going to look a little different. I, I don't think Travis Kelsey is healthy, as, and that's why Mahomes is struggling. But his most explosive player is now with the Miami Dolphins. And that's why Tua looks different. Uh, yeah, and someone said Patrick Mahomes looks different, right? Like with, Without uh, Tyree Kill, that's kind of catching up to him, too. Uh, but I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I think you can poke holes into the argument of any of the quarterbacks, honestly, as far as like the MVP, MVP conversation goes. Like I could poke holes in the Dak Prescott argument. I could poke For holes sure. in the Tua. People could poke holes in the Brock Purdy one too. Um, but all those guys do deserve to be in the conversation. And that's all I'm saying. That's all we're all saying. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that Brock Purdy should win the MVP uh over all of those guys, but he deserves to be in the conversation, you know. That and that's it. And he deserves to not be called a game manager. I'm saying I'm I'm saying it too. (laughs) But everybody's totally fair. Yeah. And 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 that's totally fair. I think personally, I think so for me it's Tyree Kill and and Brock. And I think Dak, you know, could could be in that mix too. I want to see Dak play against a better, you know, defense against, you know, but he he looked good against the against Philly, so I'll give him that. Uh, James, you figured out how to drop in a super chat. Shout out, James. Oh. Said Steph, take this twenty spot and put it towards your next flight to Oakland. Thanks everyone for great content. I appreciate you, James. Um, definitely gonna try to make it out there for a playoff game. I didn't get tickets yesterday. But you know, I'm a I'm a find a way in that thing. No, no matter what, right? You know, we always got to make it out for for the playoffs. Definitely starting to think about Vegas too. Ooh. I might have to sleep in my car. I don't care. So <laughs> we'll make it happen. What about you guys? You guys uh, planning to make any of the uh, playoff games? All of them. All C. of them, he said. See, all of them. I love it. I love C. it. Vegas is going to be, uh, yeah. If we make it, if we make it. If we make it, we got big things planned. Oh, big things on, planned. Come on, man. We making it. We making it. We got to speak it into existence, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Forty Nineers throwback. Shout out uh, for the super chat. What can you say about Nick Wright hanging on Brock Purdy? And do you think Brock can still get better? Also, I like that Kyle is evolving. All right. I like this one. First, I'll say I don't. I don't listen to Nick Wright. I know a lot of people like post his videos online and, you know, outraged about Nick Wright. They at him, they mention him, uh, you know, saying like, what do you think about Brock Purdy now every single week? Nick Wright is like the least of my concern. Like I literally do not care what he says, what he thinks. Like he's, he's irrelevant to me as far as his opinion. Uh, No offense to Nick Wright, 
but you know, as far as Brock getting better, yes, I do think he could get better. I think he gets better every week. Like that's crazy to say, but I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback improve like incrementally like this, this much in a season. Like, I think you always, like, I always sense that after a season is when a quarterback is going to improve the most. And then next season, oh, okay, you'll work on that next season. He'll be different next season. But Brock Purdy, like, I've seen so many things improve just this season. And you got to think about the fact he didn't even have an off season to work with. So everything that he's doing, he's doing in season and is game by game. Like, that's so what I'm saying. I'm seeing new wrinkles out of Brock Purdy, and it's been really cool. And we see Kyle evolving. And again, I think that's a direct relationship with Brock Purdy's growth too, because now Kyle is like, Oh, well, I trust you with this. All right. Let's see what else you can do kind of thing. And, and then we see Brock Purdy grow. So it's, it's a two way street for both of those guys. I think we're seeing both of those guys grow together. And that's really cool. Cause they have a lot of, lot of years to, to do it together. Right. Well, pause, but you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, to, to grow together as a play caller and as a quarterback. So that's what I'm excited about for this group. What do you guys think? Well, far as Nick Wright is concerned, I mean, he getting paid to say whatever. I don't, I, I think he's, I think he's the antagonist in this situation. And then that's, that's the role he's going to have to stick with. Uh, and and I like it because now Brock has one person he can prove wrong each and every week, and 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 I don't know how much longer he can go with being wrong about Brock Purdy, but it is what it is. Um, as far as uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, evolving, um, I, I just think Kyle finally has his quarterback. Uh, he has a competent young man. I think competency is the key and Kyle Shanahan's offense, and it allows him to do so much more. Because every year we watch Kyle Shanahan kind of get stripped. Coaches go to other teams. He's got to bring this person inside, try to get somebody from the outside. We never give the coaches time to adjust, right? We expect them to come right away and just bang, 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 and, and hit. But they need time to gel as well with their players. And, you know, for Kyle Shanahan, I think this is why he's evolving because he has the the most important position filled with the most important player. So even if Brock doesn't get MVP, he's definitely the most important player on the San Francisco 49ers because without Brock, like nothing else works. You could run the ball all day, but when they stack eight in the box to take away the run, what are you going to do? John already talked about that. And that's what we've been living through the last several years as San Francisco 49er fans. We're like, dang, they got seven, eight people in the box. Like Jimmy can't, damn, just throw it over them. Nah, nah. It would throw it right to the linebacker. Not to take shots at Jimmy, but that's what we do. So now you got a guy named Brock, and he's just really competent, and he's very accurate. <clears throat> and I think those things right there allows Kyle Shanahan not to necessarily, like, like dig in his playbook or get super creative, but you talked about it earlier, Steph. The T word is strong right now, and you're watching Kyle Shanahan show for the first time he trusts his quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, just back to the the super chat, like I'll say this, like I don't mess with anything that has to do with Fox Sports, ESPN, or Sports Illustrated anymore, which is crazy because Sports Illustrated and ESPN were my childhood. Uh, my favorite time of the, of the entire month was when that Sports Illustrated came in the mail. I was the happiest kid in the world. That in East Bay. Anybody remember East Bay? I definitely do. But, Wait, before you go, have you ever ordered anything out of East Bay? I've never yeah. ordered. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. scared. I thought it was never going to come. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. And it, yeah, it was, it was awesome. But, like, those uh, platforms are just clickbait, emotional, whatever. That's all it is. Not saying there's not some good people in those networks. There are. They're anomalies now because their entire platform is just designed to piss people off. And that's okay. There's a place for that. And if you want to be angry and you want to be energized and you just want emotional takes, there's a place for that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's not for me. You don't learn anything from watching that. They don't even watch the games. They don't. And those people don't even understand football. They don't. Colin Cowherd doesn't watch football. He doesn't watch it. Like, he does not watch football. And so 
those places, they're there for that, but I'm sorry. I surround myself with people like this, Wayne and Steph, because these are people that care about others, are positive, and actually know what the hell they're talking about. So I don't give a damn what that dude says. I have it blocked every way from Sunday. Don't ever want to see any of that stuff. Can Brock grow? Yeah, he's 23. Is Kyle evolving? 1,000%. Sky's the limit for the future, guys. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And and I'll say this. I'll, I'll end that conversation with, if Brock Purdy isn't going to be the MVP this year, that's fine. He, he's going to be in the conversation many more years, I think. So he's mm-hmm. going to continue to grow. He's going to continue to get better. Kyle Shanahan's going to continue to grow as a play caller. This offense, I think, is going to continue to get better. Crazy to say, but it's true. Uh, James says, John, I'm hitting the road to Phoenix today. I'll see you down there. Anybody got a ticket to the game they want to sell? Guys, tap in and, and make sure if you guys have an extra ticket, uh, hit up James. He's trying to get in that thing. All right, y'all. Well, I appreciate all of you tuning in on a Wednesday morning. Uh, make sure you guys like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, not just on my channel, but John and Wayne's as well. And uh, I hope the, you guys have a good rest of your Wednesday, rest of your week. But for now, folks, peace.